This is a Broad Pods production. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is a Broad Pods production. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Welcome to Broad Radio On The Go. I'm Joe Stanley and I'm absolutely stoked that you're joining us in this episode. You know, we have 102, 102, count them, other episodes of brilliant conversations with amazing, funny, clever and fierce women and men. So do check them out. Give us a review. Share them with your mates. We would love that. In this episode, I'm joined by co-host Nellie Thomas. In the second part of the episode, you'll hear an interview, which is a really important conversation about the needs of women fleeing violence with CEO of Macaulay Community Services for Women, Jocelyn Bignold. Make sure you stick around for that. But first up, we hear about when workplace culture becomes gaslighting with former Liberal MP turned independent MP, Julia Banks. She's also an author and leadership consultant. And we start the conversation with the demise of Twitter. It is so lovely to welcome uh, former Liberal MP, although I feel like you're so much more than that. You're obviously a leadership well, consultant. Turned independent. <laughs> turned independent, that's exactly right. It's a it's a very timely week that you're joining us, though, because the, rest of, the Respect at Work Bill is returning to Parliament and is expected that we'll have new legislation passed. So it's it's interesting time to welcome you to the show, Julia. Mm. I'm very, very pleased that you have joined us on Broad Radio. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. And I really don't want Marek to leave Twitter. Oh, I know. I feel the same. Are you going to leave Twitter? No, no. Well, I did. I divorced Twitter completely when I left politics. I just thought, that's it. Delete, delete, delete everything. And then I made a slow comeback reunion. And I I was just really diligent about blocking, block, block, Mm. block. And it's it's been such a great community. I think it, you know, Twitter did a lot for us as women in 2021 mm. in terms of helping us to make sure Scott Morrison didn't get re-elected. Mm. Ah, 
It was quite powerful in that well, regard. Well, it can be very useful. To, I mean, obviously, there's so many jokes to be made about, you know, a politician having to leave Twitter because it's just, it is such a cesspool. It is so vicious and it's not at times, you know, at its worst, it's nothing to do with the contest of ideas and it's playing the man, not the ball and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're yeah. right. I do miss, I do miss the, the, the decent conversations where there is a genuine provocation where there is that mm. new idea that makes you think about it. Is that why you went back yeah. in? Well, I went back in because um, I actually went back in because I joined Gender Equity Victoria mm. and they said, you've got, you've, you've got to. you haven't got a Twitter <laughs> handle, can you at least yeah. have a Twitter handle? Mm. I sort of tentatively went back in and then um, I slowly sort of realised that, um, you know, I actually, in a in a reverse sort of a way, I think I believe that's why Scott Morrison and a number of MPs don't like Twitter. I think it's a sewer and all the rest of mm. it, because um, in many ways I think they succeeded with me because obviously they wanted to silence me in any way they could. Mm. And um, when I came back to Twitter, it was sort of like I'm back mm. and. And what I did differently this time is I just blocked them or called them out, like screenshot their, you know, mm, mm. Their terrible You held them accountable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's and, it's interesting, and isn't it? That, yeah, and I just developed a really, I've just, you know, got a great sense of community out of Twitter. And I don't, I think it's been very useful to us all. And block yeah. and move on might be the motto of the day from Julia. Just block and move on. Mm. Yeah, because I sometimes I, I, you know, I'm tempted to do a really pithy response like um, some guy who had zero, he wasn't follow, he had zero people he was following, and he had one follower. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. when, when I added to Ronnie Salt's tweet that you know Twitter has done, he said, "You, you're so." Sew up yourselves, no one cares about you. Yeah. And I kind of respond and I thought, no, just block. Oh, just there's no point. Yeah, yeah, off you go. However, you, yeah. are, you are someone who is pretty fearless in calling out uh, people's, um, you know, controlling behaviours. I will say watching you as, as your choices to leave the Liberal Party to become an independent to actually name I was what gonna was say, going to on. Name it, I think, is the is the huge part of it. Extraordinary. Mm. Um, at the time, were you shit scared half of the mm. time as much as you were incredibly courageous and bold? Totally, totally mm. shit scared. Mm. <laughs> like um, when I made that the the resignation speech, um, as people call it. Um, and that scene of me with all the guys walking out. And I oh, yeah, knew we've got the photo here. Yeah, <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, I I just knew that they were going to really go for me right, yeah. after this speech. It was, you have to be an idiot not to think otherwise. Um, but I, at the same time, I had this real sense of resoluteness. I thought, if I'm to exit this place, I've, I'm going to exit on my terms. Um, and, you know, that speech, really, it was it was quite polite, really. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to quote from it, actually. I have it here. Mm. 
Often when good women call out or are subjected to bad behaviour, the reprisals, backlash and commentary portrays them as the bad ones, the liar, the troublemaker, the emotionally unstable or weak or someone who should be silenced. You said that in Parliament. Mm. <laughs> That's mm. amazing. Oh, my God, you said something true? <laughs> but- what? <laughs> and it was, it was really, their reaction was really quite interesting because, um, you know, they had for the three months because I was going to go politely you know initially I announced Mm -hmm. after the coup because I knew in my heart of hearts there was no way I was going to stay there with Scott Morrison as leader so days after the coup I you know announced just on a social media statement that I wasn't going to um, recontest the next election and I was going to go politely but the, um, Morrison and Co clearly hated the fact that I put in there one line, the traitorous words, which um, you know I'd said, you know I'd experienced bullying, intimidation, a toxic culture from um, both the major parties, and you know, and f- including from within my own party, from all the parties, but from within my own party, and those were the traitorous words from within my own mm. party, and so mm. from. You know, from the get-go, from the, you know, literally hours after his ministry was sworn in, there was this systematic takedown um, of me um, for three months, and uh, it was it was just, as I say, they took me through this um, what I call a sexist spectrum. You know, yes. a woman who speaks out is, oh, she's hysterical. She's, you know. She's lost it. She's, you know, don't talk to her. She's mentally unwell, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, when I, you know, and he offered to send me away to the United Nations, you know, and or un- he'd speak to Bill as in Shorten and give me unlimited sick leave. <laughs> um, and you can know how that would have been characterised, mm-hmm. you know, mental health leave. And from the moment I said I'm not sick mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and I don't want to go to New York, um, then I went from being the weak petal to the bully bitch to the troublemaker. Mm. Yeah, so it was right through the spectrum. For that Tried to send you off to and... Gilead, Julia, by the sounds of it. <laughs> but yes. what I think yeah. is really interesting and I think something I reflected on watching this unroll at the time and, you know, we're talking to a family violence specialist in our next segment is how closely this behaviour mirrors the behaviour of, of perpetrators of, of family violence. Mm. Even that image yeah. of these men standing up literally with their back to you. Like even mm. if they did not like what you were saying, mm. they did not mm. have enough respect to sit and listen yeah. to you, let alone then, yeah. of course, what do, what do bullies say when someone stands up? She's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not, we can't listen to her. And then the attack. Like it's textbook yeah. retaliation and yeah, bullying. Absolutely, and they they have said, you know, we didn't know she was going to make that speech, but I, strangely for them, I um I know that they they would have known because I told two people as they walked in as they walked in that I was going to make a speech, and he told me afterwards. He said the first thing he did when he sat down was text everyone, including Sky News. <laughs> so, right. so they did know. Mm. They did know. But right? so what if they didn't like, know? Yeah. You're allowed to say whatever yeah. you want and they can sit and listen. I mean, this is yeah. like I would expect. I've got a 15-year-old. She is more robust than that. Sit and listen yeah. to someone, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like it's just yeah, it, it actually absolutely. betrays a weakness, I think. 
And yeah, totally, Nellie. And your, um, you know, sort of parallel with other forms of violence. I said, you know, I've said before, um, and I recount this incident um, when, you know, when um, they took Bridget Archer aside mm-hmm. and had a chat with her and set her oh. up with, you know, Maurice Payne. And, and I had an almost identical scenario. Um, I had Scott Morrison um, getting Kelly O'Dwyer to call me, right, Minister for Women at the time, Josh Frydenberg in my office, all, you know, all at the time trying to, I don't know, negotiate. Um, and um, it was, it, it, I described it on radio as a, when Bridget Archer's um, incident happened as a form of coercive control. Absolutely and, it is. And that's how I mm. felt during that three mm. months because mm. I felt completely powerless. That, you know, here's the Prime Minister's office backgrounding um, mm. mainstream media that, you know, um, in any which way to either discredit my mental health or thoroughly mm. destroy my professional reputation, which I'd worked very hard on for the last mm. 30 years. So I thought, I'm not, I don't care who he is. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm just going to call it. But I did. I you know, obviously didn't name him then. They had to wait for a couple of years. It's like getting your auntie, go and talk to dad. Yeah. You go and talk to dad, you're in trouble. No, it's it's, it's yeah. truly shocking. Yeah, but um, hopefully we're moving into a different time, if not already there. We have, of course, the Respect at Work Bill um, in Parliament, Parliament this week, and it, it speaks to, well, for, certainly now, legislation that mm. demands a different workplace culture. Um, do you see yeah. a shift in Parliament? And we'll, I mean, and we're hoping that this it's carried out throughout all workplaces in mm. Australia. Do you see a shift there? It's change happening. Oh, mm. totally, totally, mm. Joe. I mean, I, I'm sure I wasn't the only person on election night who did a happy cry when mm. um, both Penny Wong and um, Anthony Albanese said this will be a government for women. Um, mm. And I think last week we saw that, you know, with the budget um, having the, um, you know, the focus on women uh, for women's e- economic equality being front and centre um, and certainly the workers' safety bill incorporating the positive duty on the employer like that mm. that is so huge um and you know the respect at work report had been languishing on mm. um christian porter's desk and scott morrison's desk for however long and the only reason they brought it out was that during the public outcry during 2021 with all mm. the incidents that came out of parliament house um, but even then, they did this half-baked implementation. Um, the fact that um, that you know the government have now the present government are implementing the positive duty on the employer that shifts the burden from the woman to yep. make you know to to address sexual harassment in the workplace, and mm. it will go an enormous way to change. And I, I I say that with quite a degree of passion, and I and my corporate knowledge because I've been around long enough to know that when Oc Health and Safe and I work predominantly in manufacturing um, as corporate counsel and when you know and with my my clients in private practice you know I can remember when the workplace safety um, 
health and safety legislation came through, people were saying, oh, you know, our complaints are going to go up, but you know, the injury, workplace injuries and workplace safety was going to be increased. And, um, and it literally changed the face of um, workplace culture. And I think that's mm. what positive duty on the employer will do. It, you know, they have to be transparent. Um, Julia, it, it reminds me very much, and I think we sort of have missed the significance of this in the in reporting in the mainstream, like that positive duty on the employer is very similar to the changing consent laws um, in Victoria, yeah. where you have to establish yeah. consent um, rather than, yes. you know, beg forgiveness after. And that is a real yeah. structural change, but it's also a very big cultural signal. You know, you're, yeah. you are responsible Absolutely. to create an environment that is safe yeah. for women to be in as an employer. Yeah. yeah. And you'll be audited and fined mm. if, you, if you don't, if, mm. if you, you know, don't do it properly. So up until now, up until this legislation that positive, and, you know, there was an outcry at the time, but the, in true to form, the Morrison government just ducked and waved and put that, that element under the carpet. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. Mm, you should be and Mm. yeah and and i mean i guess and you know i think last week was a really good week for women was it last week or the week before Mm. um in in relation to the um not the week before in relation to the passing of legislation and the budget um and i what was the most pathetic distraction stunt I've ever seen in my life, and I'm sure it's all related, um, was uh, the coalition women marching out with these egregious looks on their faces um, to say, you know, that Albo had some, some, the Prime Minister had somehow bullied Michelle Landry in question time, even though she was laughing her head off during it. Um, Hmm. Well, that's that interesting because if that was meant to be a distracting stunt, I mean, I'm a massive politics nerd and I miss that. I, so, I saw it, but I didn't <laughs> read it. That didn't so. distract. <laughs> it didn't distract me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, luckily mainstream, I think, saw it for what it was. Sort of left um, it alone but, a bit. Mm. Yeah, but you should, honestly, it was it really infuriated me and I tweeted about it Um and that got a bit of attention. But I basically said, you know, this is a political stunt of the worst form. Mm. Um, so all the coalition women MPs, or m- most of them, um, called this press conference because in question time, um, uh, Michelle Landry asked a question and it was on the last day of sitting. It was after their brilliant budget. It was, you know, during the trial against... Bruce Lehrman, yeah. so we're, yeah. you know, um, Join and the dots. so, yeah, yeah, and mm. uh, it's just, I just said, you know, doing that for some sort of crass political advantage, mm. um, it's undignified, it really isn't it? undermines, mm. it really undermines women, particularly, who've suffered re- from yeah. real workplace culture issues. Actual trauma, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have I got time and for one more question? You have what? You have time for one more question? Because I'm really keen to ask you, Julia. Given what you've just said, one of the things that we don't talk enough about in this space is that I would like to know, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but if you had support from female colleagues when you were going through this, because we talk about bystander effect in terms, particularly of of men 
accepting stuff that they shouldn't. Um, but were the other women in the spaces that you were in trying to hold you up and give you support or were they nowhere to be seen? Yeah, that, that is a brilliant question. And I've got to say that every single woman who stayed under Morrison's leadership, I got zero support from them, mm. from, from mm. any of them. I got Isn't incredible that disappointing? support. Isn't disappointing? Yeah, zero support. And not only zero support, but I could see what was happening. Like, for example, Linda Reynolds, um, she spoke out about behaviour in the Senate mm. a week before, and Morrison, it seemed, um, that he'd gone through to each of them, you know, Linda Reynolds, Jane Hume, all, all these women, and somehow it, it appears that they accepted a patriarchal bargain, mm. <laughs> right, because they suddenly went quiet and were suddenly big supporters. Um, I got massive support from outside of that group, mm -hmm. um, outside of all the women who, um, who, were, um, who stayed under Morrison's leadership. Um, and, you know, from across the parties. I will um, say there was a beautiful just... image, which I don't have, but that image of the independence uh, gathering around you was very, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I met yeah. when we were campaigning for Zoe Daniel, uh, who is now a member for Goldstein. Yes. So, um, yeah. you know, the teals completely shifted the landscape in a beautiful way. I want to also say, Julia, yeah. I have reread your book over the last few days and I just bloody oh. love it. So if you, if you haven't oh, read thanks, Power Joe. Play, it's Thank just you. so... It's interesting. It's really um, for someone who is tired and busy and, and, and relatively easy read, <laughs> but so fascinating <laughs> oh, and very thanks. inspiring. So um, do check thanks, it out. Jo. And I, I Thank yeah, you, so much. You, you were, I think, such a pivotal moment in the end of the Morrison government oh, at that time. So no um, yeah, I want to say yeah. thanks. Well, it it yes. blew me away. It it blew me away the support from women across Australia literally I thought my I did not anticipate that at all I just mm. my inbox was just flooded and um you know I met amazing people um again through Twitter yes. <laughs> that I would never you know direct messaging and LinkedIn mm. that I would never have otherwise met if I'd been on Twitter I would have DM'd you <laughs> consider this your DM <laughs> Bravo to you. Well, as Marie Cardi said to me, I say to you, we will find each other even if we're yep. not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you, Joe. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Oh, darling. Oh. Thank you so Good much for Julia. being on the show, Julia. We'll, thanks, we'll catch Kelly. up again thanks, soon. Mm. And thanks okay. for standing up. Really? Yeah. 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 Thanks for standing up. Thanks so much. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Well, a new crisis accommodation service has opened in Melbourne's west, providing support and a place to stay for women fleeing violence. Haywood House has been opened by Macaulay Community Services for Women and the CEO, Jocelyn Bignold, joins us now. Hi there, Jocelyn. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi. It's so How great to see you. We honestly do wish that a service such as this was not really required, mm. but of course there is huge need for women to have somewhere to go. Um, so congratulations on mm. opening Haywood House. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so... Uh a bit of background too I guess is that if you're not in a place like Haywood House you're likely to be in a motel room and and uh, so Victoria has around 98 women and children in in motel rooms in Victoria in any given night and what the difference is between a motel room and Haywood House is that Haywood House is um, completely self-contained so we've got 14 units with en suites, room for kids, uh, kitchenettes, We've got office space to have quiet conversations uh, with staff. We have a children's specialist worker. We've got access to online um, court hearings so children can be playing in the playroom and uh, the mums can be talking to the court. Um, we have our partners with health uh, matters being attended to, legal matters being attended to, financial matters. Uh, and then, of course, our women's employment program. So really all of the things that intersect with women's experience of um, their immediate needs when they leave a violent household. Mm. And Jocelyn, I think I would just invite the listeners to think about the scenario, you know, without going into explicit detail, you do not end up in a hotel room or in Haywood House without some serious danger being, you know, presented to you and your children the difference between being in a hotel room on your own compared to in a facility like this with wraparound services with people who care with a safe kind of home environment like you can't overstate the impact mm. that that will have for that family yeah absolutely Nelly. i mean victoria police recorded 94,000 over 94,000 incidents of family violence last year mm. And, you know, that's considered to be underreported. So mm. many, many women don't report to police for, for various reasons. And, you know, 100 women uh, are put into motel rooms. So really the women that get put into motel rooms are the most at risk mm. of being murdered, quite frankly, mm. um, and needing to be hidden away for their own safety, which is, you know, a shocking thing to really contemplate. The women that are, have come from an immediate incident of family violence, they're traumatised, they are hypersensitive, they are often unwell, um, you know, they're, they're needing to think about their kids. Um, sometimes they've abandoned their jobs, uh, quite often financial abuse is part of their experience, um, quite often sexual abuse is part of their experience. So. One of the things that we can offer at the very beginning is really a time to rest and recover, yes. think about what happens next. Mm. And yeah. is there a time limit during which they are able to stay or is it indefinite or what's the process? Yes, I mean, the average length of stay in, a, in such a crisis service is, is two months. And look, largely that's because we do ration services. We, you know, there is a very high need. Um, one of the things that Macaulay does do is provide a range of accommodation from crisis through to longer stays, through to um, you know up to a couple of years, 
depending on women's circumstances. Uh, there's so much more accommodation that's needed in the state. But uh, what I'm, I think what we, what we can see from our services is the suite of services or the range of accommodation options, depending on where women are at, is important. It can't be just a one, one sort of accommodation option for everybody. Mm. And I think, Jocelyn, you know, as you know, I used to work in that area a long time ago, but one of the things I notice is when women would come into refuge, they were in absolutely no state to make decisions about the next step, you know, about mm. finding accommodation. You know, when you hear people who've never worked in this area or experienced family violence going, why don't they find a rental? Mm. Or why did they? And you're just like, you've got no understanding of of the yeah. state that you're in at that point it gives yeah. them i'm guessing an opportunity for the nervous system to settle for to get information and be able to retain it yes yeah, so somebody on the show mentioned coercive control and mm. and um so how that how that manifests in women's lives is they might not be able to have a shower when they want to that's right um they might not be able to have a shower in peace they might be woken up yeah. in the middle of the night to cook a favorite meal um so you know every every inch of their life can be controlled mm. from who they see, what they spend money on, what they literally do um, on, on a day, you know, minute by minute and day-to-day basis. Mm. That's right. And to one them of the, one of the um, Sorry, you go. You know, one of the, uh, you know, one, one woman, one of her stories is, uh, you know, she was allowed uh, to see her friends for coffee so long as she sat in the front window of the cafe and he sat in the car outside watching her. As it, that's that's the sort of it's hard to imagine what happens what perpetrators of violence will do mm. the lengths that they will go to to humiliate to control mm. Um, mm. when yeah. you're not in that situation and then to say to that person okay can you now put in a rental application and mm. line up with 80 mm. people and let alone the fact that you've probably got no money yeah but just even mm. being able to have the capacity you don't make good decisions in trauma if you can make decisions at all no absolutely not i mean there's uh in the new national plan they've quoted uh, that that family violence costs 26 billion to the economy uh each year but 50 percent of that is borne by victim survivors themselves Mm -hmm. so it Mm. it costs a massive amount of money to leave Mm. uh, a violent situation yeah, yeah. I um, we had on the show last year, and I've I've remained in touch with Dr. Karen Williams, who mm. in New South Wales has been campaigning for um like a facility for PTSD mm-hmm. for women who are victim survivors of violence, um, because she's a psychiatrist, and she said, you know, mm. you can get uh, treatment for PTSD if you have been. In the, in the armed forces mm. or ambulance or, you know, all of these sorts of things. A car but, accident. Yeah, but mm. women who are victim survivors often get misdiagnosed, mm. basically, mm. as having a disorder rather mm. than it's PTSD. So there's a, there's overall a lack of understanding of what women then carry with them, isn't there? Oh, yes, right from the, you know, the, what, what does financial control mean? What does psychological control mean? Um, you know, we, we use the term complex trauma because um, there's, you know, incident upon incident upon incident that, that is compounded. And again, you know, we don't have enough access to the health supports that we need for the long term. So we can get access to, you know, the, the, the 10 Medicare sessions or whatever it is. But what we need is, you know, a good sort of six months worth of uh, treatment or, you know, options for treatment. So mm. it's it's intersecting the, these these um, 
these matters are intersecting. And so she's managing all of those matters and needing to be there for her child. I was gonna say, and children. So again, yeah. if, 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 she, if she's a parent. Um, and of course, you know, the other tactic that perpetrators of violence use is that divide and conquer. So mm. trying to uh, get the children on side and um, make out that she's a poor mother, she's not well, mm. she's not able to look after their needs. Mm. And her family it often, is, it is and one her friends, thing. yeah. Correct. Mm. Yes, complete mm. isolate, complete and utter isolation. Mm. Do you yeah. think, Jocelyn, With that some... we have we moved from the idea that you know a quote unquote real victim you know has a broken jaw and a black eye? Have we moved to a more nuanced understanding in the community about the effect of you know that story you told about the cafe? We could tell a hundred more. Do we have more understanding now? Do you think of what violence is? Look, I think in Victoria, particularly because of the Royal Commission, there probably wouldn't be anybody uh, left who doesn't believe that family violence exists and by and large mm. is a bad thing. I don't know that we have a nuanced understanding, especially co uh, coercive control. So I'm really mm. pleased that we are having more uh, dialogue, more conversation, more exposure to the language of coercive control now mm. and through into schools as well, because mm. I think that's... I mean, coercive control still, it, it by itself, the words still don't tell you what it really yeah. means. But um, as we get familiar with the language and understand what it means, um, mm. you know, the horror of what women experience, women children mm. are experiencing mm. by and large, um, will be more revealed, and then more people will be will be, I think, uh, galvanized, galvanized Recognize to it. Uh, work, yeah, and to mm. work against it. Mm. Well, that's our job, yes. Joe, isn't it? I yeah. mean, one of many, mm. but that is our job, I think, to to continue that, to actually get into the nitty gritty of it. Mm. It's not someone else's problem. It's all around us. Mm. We just haven't been able to see it. Yeah, mm. and, and I don't think that the media, mainstream media, talks about it enough in ways no. where... Accessible we, ways. In accessible mm. ways, but in ways that actually centre the victim survivors mm. no. and, and their real stories. Mm. Um Thank you so much for what you do with yeah, Macaulay brilliant. Community Services for Women. This is a comment from one of our viewers as well as from us. Um, Jocelyn, it's really amazing. I know that your services are beyond Haywood House. Um, are we able to donate? Yes, you yeah. are able to donate, of course. Um, and the number is... <laughs> you know what? We're going to put it on our website. Yes. We'll put it on our social media. So that's we can, absolutely fine. We can fine. Google Macaulay donation. Yes, and that's a good Christmas donation. Yeah, I think that's a really mm. fantastic mm. Christmas donation. Really, so, mm. yeah. Thank you so Thanks, much, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Thanks for all the work. It's a, it's a hard area absolute to work pleasure. in. All power to your arm. Mm, thank mm. you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very thank much. You. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 